everybody. That's Chad's line. But this isn't Chad Eckert. I'm Joe Idoni at Tour Picks. Joined today for a special edition of the Preferred Lines Pod with my man Jeff Nagel, Nagel's Bagels. What's up, buddy? What's going on? How you doing, Joe? Happy to be here. Happy birthday to Chad's wife. Happy birthday to Chad's wife. He took her out for a nice dinner. He sent me a pic. They were dancing to a little Frank Sinatra. So, oh my god. Hopefully he's having a good night. They were popping some wine, but he deserved a night off. Um, Much respect to Chad if you're here um, for all the work that you do in setting all this stuff up, because I realize it's a lot more difficult than I originally thought. Um, But hey, let's talk some golf. That's what we're here for, right? Um, Let's not waste any time. Let's get into last week. We both were able to fortunately cash a Patrick Reed ticket. Um, yes. we were one of the only guys on him. I know last week, yeah. it's good to see you on him. I was pumped when I saw that. And what are your thoughts, man? Give me a spicy take. What do you think? What happened? It's so probably the one week of the year. I didn't care if Patrick Reed was cheating or not. Uh, how's that for, how's that for spice? I know. Uh, <laughs> it, Patrick Reed's a guy that I never play. Uh, he was, he was pretty popular the week before. And he kind of screwed everybody by missing the cut. And his number jumped up to 25 to one. And I just thought Torrey Pines, big golf course. I, I could totally see that. And it also played into the fact that I've been doing hitting. So I've been, I've been right. So often lately, just playing my guys, my quote, my guys, I had to kind of go off the rails because there was no way I was going to keep winning playing my guys. So I'm like, all right, who do I never play? I never play Patrick Reed. And it worked out. It was unbelievable. He killed him. I'm glad he ended up winning by five. He ended up winning by five. It turned out to be not much of a non-factor, but pretty like ballsy and clutch by him. I don't know many guys who can deal with that type of overnight controversy. Had to be awkward showing up in the locker room the next day with all those other guys after your wife just drags them through the mud. But it was just, you know, I saw the same thing you did. Short game, the ability to scramble. It's a tough golf course. You've got to make par. And that seemed to be the difference when you saw all these other guys up the leaderboard, whether it be Rom, whether it be Hovland, whether it be Carlos Ortiz, when they were in the bunker. Um, they were making bogey and Patrick Reed was just making par and that's what he does. I love that about him, the tenacity, the focus that he plays with, but obviously, um, you know, you hate to see things like that, I guess for the betterment of the game, but it is what it is. He took a trophy home. I think that he's used to the, uh, being ignored maybe in the locker room or I, I think that's part of, that's been his motif for, a couple of years now, going back mm-hmm. to his days in college. With, I mean, him and Kevin Kisner, they've had a beef for how long now? And the guy's right. a freaking sociopath. He doesn't care about – he doesn't care what people are saying about him. He's just going out, and he's going to – and he wins big golf tournaments. And like I said, it's not a guy I root for. It's not a guy I really like. Just happened to have a bet on him this week, happened to pick him in one and done. And so, yeah, I was kind of rooting for him yesterday. And I love I love Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland won a ton of money at Mayakoba a couple months ago. And you're looking possible Ryder Cup match. Everybody hates mm-hmm. Patrick Reed. Everybody's, oh, how can you not root for Patrick Reed? But then when the Ryder Cup comes along and that's the match, so now we're root now people are gonna be rooting against their own country. There's a little little bit of hypocrisy there. But right. you know, it was great. It worked out for me. I'm happy. And, and you know, we can move, you know. Now we just move on. It's the next week. It's interesting because like the first thing I thought about this morning when I rethought back to it is it's a Ryder Cup year and like how it's just going to be so awkward because Chad and I talked about this before and I kind of posed him with this question is the Europeans have a definitive leader and captain and guy that they all rally around and they have had the same guy for a number of years now and it's Rory. Um, He's their guy, but who is that guy for team USA? And we kind of landed on probably it's Justin Thomas is, is the team leader, you know, cause it's not DJ. It's just, it's just not, Um, it's not Brooks. It's probably JT, but how does this sort of affect things when that guy that you want on your team, that is as good of a Ryder cup player as anybody 
that you want to throw out there in any match that can slay Rory McIlroy, you know, and, and, and his wife's sort of dragging him through Twitter and she did the same thing to Xander. And it's like, it's awkward, man. It's going to be weird. If he gets in on points, there's nothing they could do about it. I know. Um, And even if I, I don't know if it's, listen, we're not there. We're not, we don't know. Right. If it gets, if it comes down to like, if he's going to has to be a captain's pick or not, would they, would they blackball him? Would that be, would that be ultimately what they do? You wonder. And they'll say, well, we can win with, we'll take Kevin Kisner. We'll, we'll try to win with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see how it all plan out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only January. We got what, eight months, right? Nine months right. until the Ryder cup. We got some time, uh, but yeah, in terms of the, the, the alpha on the, on the, the, from the playing side, if Tiger's, you know, the royalty that's not there anymore, Tiger kind of made JT that guy when he paired himself with him at the president's cup. Mm -hmm. And that's the natural. Yeah. Cause DJ's not a rah-rah guy and Brooks is kind of separated from the pack a little bit and (laughs) Cantley and Xander never say anything. And it's just, you know, Webb Simpson and who everybody loves, but come on, it's Webb. So yeah, it's by default. It's almost, it's gotta be Justin Thomas. Well, Which speaking I of think Xander, okay he kind of did say something after the round. Did you see that? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Xander doesn't make news without me knowing it. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I, I heard so it. So give us your thoughts on that. Is it, I mean, obviously, we like Xander's in the right here. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't basically have your wife call him a cheater. But, um, you know, where do things stand on that for well, you? Well, I saw the, I watched the press conference, not live, but I watched the replay of the whole, the whole press conference Xander okay. did after his round and the the quotes in print kind of look a lot worse than the tone and the context in which he had said them okay in my opinion uh I don't think that he made those comments be- in a, a reaction to something Justine posted on Twitter about driver testing Xander a year ago that that's yeah. not that would not be on par with the way Xander goes about his business I doubt Xander even pays any attention to what's going on on social media, but he just, he answered the question. He said that if it was, if he was found himself in that situation, he would have called an official over first. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have, he might've marked the ball, but he wouldn't have moved it. Uh, he didn't even see the video yet, but he just heard what guys were talking about. And he said, you know, there are rules in place and the, the, the tour or is there to protect the players. And that's that was the set. I don't think it was as a direct shot as people are making it out to be. But even if it is, mm-hmm. if it's warranted, everybody's upset about it. You're right, but he's 100% right, in my opinion, in the fact that that's what the rules officials are there for. That's what referees are there for in the game. You don't call your own fouls in the NBA. You don't throw your own flags in the NFL. That's what you have rules officials on site for to, to protect the field. And, and look, we'd be... Full, you know, I saw there's so much, and I saw the thing with Brandel and like this hoity toity idea that golf is like this elitist sport where no one should ever bend the rules in their favor, and it's bullshit. Um, look, everyone is tr- out there to try and win, and if she said she didn't see it bounce, he's gonna take what he can get. Um, and to say that he's the only guy on tour doing that, and he shouldn't be a role model, and all look these. They are what you make them like. They're not out there to be role models. Um, none of these guys are. I mean, they've all have things that have happened to look at. I mean, DJ world number one. He's had some things in his past that aren't great. I think he's had multiple rules infractions at major championships. You know, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods has some checkered things in his past. Rory said, you know, you go back five, 10 years. There's plenty of quotes you can grab from Rory that aren't the greatest look. It's just the guy's out there to try to win. Did he probably take advantage of the situation? Yes. But he's doing so with the intentions of this is a competition. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And they do that in every sport. You're going to hold a little bit in football. You're going to grab a guy's Jersey. If the ref isn't looking, it's just things like this. And I felt like it got totally blown out of proportion from my perspective. And I just didn't think it was as big of a deal as is, you know, Twitter lit on fire about it. 
because it's it was because Reed. people it's because people don't like Patrick Reed and right. they want he's a he's a quote like quote a villain and if it was somebody else if it was Jordan Spieth you know if it was Jordan Spieth maybe you get a free drop but I didn't see it live I my brother told me about it I was at work and he's texting texting me back and forth he told me what happened and I just said well his playing partners would know if it would say if it bounced or not and they nobody saw it and he didn't see it then yeah I think yeah was he trying to skirt the rules maybe but he ended up making up I, I, at the end of the text thread with my brother i said to him didn't he end up making like a 15 footer to save part yeah. on that hole anyway yeah so, i mean if he missed that putt then he, that was the stroke it wouldn't have mattered who right. cares it, he won by five anyway so it's, right. nobody likes patrick reed they want to peg him he had the thing in the bahamas with the sand so it's just a lot, a lot of a little too much drama well, too much drama, in my opinion. So, so, what made me mad in this situation didn't really make me mad. What got me pissed off on Sunday was the opening, like the coverage. First of all, Golf Channel abandons coverage 15, 20 minutes early. Mm-hmm. CBS yeah. opens late for a bit. I'm watching a Big Ten basketball game, it's a 12 point blowout. And then they spent the first seemingly 15, 20 minutes just getting everyone's hot take on this mm-hmm. while Reed's draining an eagle putt on six to go from down one to up one. I, w- I w- It was just infuriating. And I, I don't want to like sit here and like continue to bash CBS because I think that they made some nice improvements. Some of the camera angles I really did like some of the overhead drone shots, the little ticker on the bottom of the score bug, I thought was a nice touch as well. They added, but are they ever going to get this right? And just, and just showcase the sport. I don't know. They're not. I don't think it's up to the, I don't think it's up to the network. I don't think it's up to the tour. I think it's up to the sponsor and the sponsor is going to get his 10 minutes in the booth talking to Jim Nance and they're the ones writing the check. We saw it with that celebrity classic in the LPGA. There was a whole controversy with the celebrities and how come they're showcasing the celebrities when you got the three top female golfers uh, going into the last hole and there was a whole, but it's all about, it's always going to be about the money and what the sponsor wants and manufacturing dollars. And it's not about trying to bring in more viewers. It's not trying to capture the non-golf fan. It's about selling ad dollars and getting your commercials and getting your mentions and catering the FedEx cup and catering to, uh, What's the, uh, the, the risk reward, the Aon risk the reward Aon, challenge. Yeah. And they just cram these things down your throat. And that's just what golf coverage is. And no, they're not going to change it. And no, they're not going to make a golf red zone channel that we can all pay, would pay freaking $20 a month to watch because then nobody would watch the freaking coverage. Maybe my dad would, but that's just the way it goes. But no, I don't think they're going to change anything. Because we're all been screaming at the clouds about this for the last couple of years because we're all betting on golf. We're all playing on DraftKings and we're all invested in our one and done and want to know what's going on. And we bitch about shot link and we complain about everything because we think it's so easy that they're going to, they don't, it doesn't matter. That's we're not the audience that they're catering to because we're going to be paying attention to it regardless. So I know, I I don't think it's going to change because the network's going to do what the tour wants and the tour is going to do what the sponsor wants and around, 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 around we go. And I just get so my... frustrated by it. It's I incredibly try to be, frustrating. I try to be sensitive to the fact that it's golf is unique and that these sponsors are basically putting on these tournaments and it's not, you know, just any other sport where there's a home team host, but it just feels like there's a, like the time and a place for that sort of talk and the banner and the first 20 minutes they opened with, is a pregame show. It's the night after the event. It's everything leading up to it, just like they have a pregame show for football where they talk about all this nonsense for three hours before the kickoff and any other show. Um, But when the golf starts, it almost seems like the actual golf is secondary and, and tries to accent their show that they're trying to produce rather than the show trying to help and assist the golf. 
it just seems backwards to me and I don't see it in any other sport. I mean, you can look at, I'm a lacrosse guy and like they broadcast these premier lacrosse league games and you don't miss a second of coverage. They talk about this shit before the games. They talk about it at halftime in between quarters, but when the game is going on and there's live action, all cameras, all focuses on the sport. I think that there's a, I think there's a portion of the audience that they cater to that if they went out, came on the air and they didn't even address the Patrick Reed situation, then they feel that maybe they'd be getting killed for that. How can you, this maybe. guy's breaking the rules? You know, you got all these 70, 80 year old golf fans that are purists that don't even <laughs> know. know what DraftKings is. And they're like, oh, this guy's cheating. He's breaking the rules. And you guys just ignore it. And then they're angry. So they're not going to win no matter what they do. Yes, I agree with you 100%. But like, like I said, there's nothing. We've been screaming about this forever. There's nothing that we're going to be able to do to change anything. It's just I was I put on the hockey game during the gap, the, the coverage gap. Yeah, and I was just waiting for the Michigan State game to end. And yeah, I was just I was just following on my phone. It was the best I could do. I was lucky that Shot Tracker was working. And I saw Reed Candy Eagle. And yeah. that was like, <laughs> like, all right, let's go. We're in the mix. Eventually, this will be on TV. And yeah. they so ran through their whole slew of guys trashing them. And then they had to interrupt yeah, the show Dottie and drop a 40-footer for Eagle. Oh, Ian Baker Finch and Dottie Pepper. Let's bring in Faldo. Let's bring in the RNA. And let's bring in, <laughs> yeah, they're bringing in everybody. <laughs> the rules expert, right? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Oh, like he's a referee. Like he's Gene Serator in the booth. <laughs> Anyways, listen, we're going to flip gears. We're going to put it to bed. We hit the winner. Let's switch to waste management. But first, um, I got some news about our lead sponsor of the show, Jock Market, to share with you guys. Jock Market's awesome if you haven't tried it. So it's it operates under the same principles as these other things. You pick your players. You pay your price. The better they do, the better that you do. What's unique about it is you can sort of trade as the event starts. So like... With betting, for instance, you're kind of stuck with your outright picks once the event starts. Same thing with DraftKings. Once that starts, your lineups are set and you're locked in for the roller coaster ride of the next four days. What's sort of unique about DraftKings is you can, or I'm sorry, about Jock Market is you can add guys to your portfolio as the event goes. You can sell if you see something you don't like. You can make moves in real time as the event goes on. They are having a huge promotion for the Super Bowl this week. Um, Actually, so the, the most we've given out before is a $20 free code. They've given me a special one this week. Power 50. So I do the show on Wednesday nights. You do your show as well. Um, the Power Hour with Rick Gaiman. Power 50. If you have not started on Jock Market yet, you deposit up to 50 bucks. They'll match it for free. Um, up to $50. So they will throw a free 50 spot in your account to get you started. I had plenty of guys hit me up this week that started with that free 20 bucks that are now up a couple hundred. So it's a very fun time. Get on jock market, use the code power 50 big time bonus there. Nagels will get you on there soon, buddy. You'll, you'll like it. That's what, that's what I need. I need a more, more avenues to gamble with. When that's, you're on the heater, man, just let it ride, right? Go that's to, what I need. I need you, more options. You need to start playing two, three hands at the blackjack table at a time. <laughs> All right. All right, listen, let's talk a little bit of Phoenix, okay? Yes, let's do it. All right, so I've got some um, – I'm just going to go over a little bit of course notes that I have here. You let me know kind of what you're thinking on the course, but this is what I, – I try to jot down a couple of notes from previous years just to – Give myself a little refresher. So here's what I have last year. Lightning fast greens. Bermuda putters, ball strikers track, uh, minus 17 winning score. Top top five-ish were Webb, Tony, Lashley, JT. I have written major Sunday charge for JT last year. Bubba, Piercy, Homa, Long. And then it says here, I have asterisks. Do not be afraid of slow starters. Guys can get very hot. Webb was even par and way down the list, looking at a missed cut last year after day one, came back to win the whole thing. Um, distance, not a factor. Guys can come from behind to make a run. Anything there that, that sticks out or you want to add to that in terms of what you're looking at this week? No, that's, that's, that's great info. Uh, I've actually, I went back and looked uh, the last, my, my, my track record at this event the last couple of years, and it has not been good. Uh, I haven't been good at one and done. I haven't been good with, my DraftKings picks, I, I barely sniffed a top 10 with any of my guys. So, uh, yeah, I can't really figure this golf course out. It seems to be a, a mix of 
you want bombers, but you want ball strikers. You got guys that can putt. You got guys that can't putt. There's no like, there doesn't seem to be a, a like a, a certain skill set that stands out. And when you look at the top 20 of the last couple of years, so I put that out every, every, every Monday, I put that out on Twitter, the last, uh, last three years, the, right. the leaderboards. And usually you can, you can pick up on something, but I haven't been, I haven't really been able to find something for this particular track. So yeah, I saw, yeah, there's guys of uh, uh, the winners of this event have come from behind. I know you can make birdies and bunches yep. and yeah, it's got that, that, uh, that drivable par four, the 17th with the water in play. Yes. And I also think, though, that the fact that it's not going to be your typical crowd this year might yeah, what do you think about that? Might, might make a difference. You know, guys in what that way? it seems that veterans that play well here and come here every year and are used to that environment and they're not spooked by it. And guys that sometimes guys that come here the first time maybe like, oh my God, this is like nothing we've ever seen. So maybe now coming back a second or third time and it's a little bit quieter, it might be, it might be better for him. I don't know. I listen, I'm just throwing shit out there Same. trying to figure out it's Monday. What 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 sticks? <laughs> because I can't I can't figure out this golf course. And I don't know what plays well here. I just just I'm trying to come up with stuff that might be that that might be a thing. That it might be easier to play here when it's not two hundred thousand people. Right. Because it's golf and that's what they play in every week. And now if maybe some guys just want some peace and quiet. I don't know. <laughs> so well let's okay. talk. So really strong field this week, probably the strongest since we've got uh, so far in 2021 top of the board, right? You've got your four big dogs up there. Rom okay. is plus 650. Justin Thomas is eight to one. Xander's plus 850. And Rory is either 11 or 12 to one, depending on where you look right now. Um, any early leans there or, or guys you like betting wise? Well, I made a pact that I'm not betting on Xander until he wins. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm hoping that he will win knowing that he doesn't have that stink on him. Although lately you want me to have money on you. <laughs> so I one and done last week, Xander, Xander was my one and done last week and actually really? uh, came on very strong. So I, yeah. I put out the tweet yesterday um, minus seven at the South course over the three days that he played mm -hmm. it. I think Reed was minus six over the three days that he played the South. Uh -huh. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like that seven under on the South was as good as anybody played it on the week. Cause he, he really the only play well. He, he killed himself the first day on the North course where he couldn't make a putt, but it, you know, it makes me think like he's live, like come back here in June. He's live. He played it as well as anybody finally got some confidence under his belt out there where he should have it. Yeah, well, you know, he's notoriously plays hard course as well. He always plays well at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. And I think Saturday, he was the only player who was bogey-free on uh, on Saturday, I think. Maybe one other person. But, uh, yeah, no, this isn't like a – this is just a personal – I'm the biggest Xander Shoffley fan out there. Right. And I've been betting him for two years, and he still hasn't won. And I decided I'm not going to bet him until he wins. I think he's going to win – two, maybe three times this year, maybe win a major, but he's not going to do that. If I keep betting him every week. So why are we it's getting Rory? Why is Rory two to three points more like that? That just, it, it doesn't look right to me. It looks weird. Xander, why is he double what Ram is? Right. Is, and like, yeah, I think, listen, you take these four or five guys at the top of the board. Whenever I'm making, I'm trying to make a decision about who I like. First thing I do is just pretend that they're all the same odds and make my pick for who I like the best. And then if it makes sense, it makes sense. I think people are going to bet Rory because he's the highest odds of yeah. this group. Mm -hmm. I think that's where people are going to, oh, how can Rory be 12 if, and Xander's nine or eight and Rahm is six? That doesn't make sense. Uh, all four guys being equal, probably I would take Justin Thomas. I don't know where I'm going to go in this, in this field. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, I think it's why, I mean, obviously it's wide open, but this next range is kind of interesting. So you've got Webb there at 15 burger at 18 Hideki at 23 Harris English at 28 and then Sung JM at 34. I'm looking at a DraftKings sports book right now. If you guys want to 
tag along, but those are the only other guys under 40 to one. And then it kind of jumps up. And this is kind of, obviously this 20 to 30 range has seemingly been the sweet spot dating back a while now in terms of golf betting. And it seems to be where you're pegging the winners and where you can get them uh, most often at the best value. Do you see anyone here um, that you like? Yeah, I already made it. I already bet them actually. Uh, I know everyone's going to gravitate to uh, Daniel Berger and Hideki based on his uh, course history, but I kind of like, kind of like Harris English at 28 Mm -hmm. to one. I'm not going to lie. Right. Uh, I think that uh, he was, he he was in the South course, ate him up last week and he had a bad number. Uh, He he put up, he posted a bad score last week. If I think that he's going to be, ignored last week he was priced up in the ten thousand dollar range he was like kind of like that last guy in the range mm-hmm. and it was like oh he doesn't belong up that's too high yeah and now he's kind of getting pushed back down where he belongs but i think because of the fact that you got burger sitting there at 17 i think i i've been on this forgotten elite kick for a little while now yeah where i'm trying to find the guys that people aren't really that was Reed about. last week right that's what i'm saying yeah yeah. And I, yeah so listen i know he just won and it'd be tough to harris english have two wins and a four tournament stretch that is that is asking a lot i understand that he is kind of he is a different player than he used to be he got the win out of, he got the like he played sony and he was terrible but he was just coming off a win then he comes to california and gets his ass kicked by tory now it's like, all right, listen, we cashed the check. We spent that money. Now it's like, all right, let's get back to work. And he's, he's got a couple of top fives here at Phoenix. And I think it might be a sneaky good play. I don't love it. He's not my pick to win per se, but I would, I think I already did bet. Him. So I have a couple I like that I'm interested in. So I've kind of taken it a little bit slower today, kind of waiting how, to see how things shake out a little bit. Wanted to talk mm-hmm. to you and get some other people's opinions on it. But initially I like Webb. I don't love the number, but I like his ability to play well here. I thought that it was the Sony, I believe, where he came in the favorite and really should have got himself into that playoff. All I think he needed to do was birdie that final par five on the last hole. And he hit one a little right, but he made a charge and it just felt like his ball striking was so good that week and so elite. And he just wasn't able to make enough putts. Now, this is a place where he's coming back to familiarity, where he made putts. He made the putts down the stretch and buried Finau, I think, on back-to-back 20-footers to take home the trophy. Mm -hmm. So I like it. I'm going to look for a little bit more of a number. And I want to like Sung J.M. This 34 really sticks out to me. Um, He's just all over the place, man. He's a roller coaster like that. He was, like, tied for the lead at one point on Sunday. Then he blew up on the back nine. I had him at the Amex where it felt like he was on the precipice of making a run there multiple times. And then all of a sudden you got one in the water and he's taking a seven on a par five. Like this is what he does. I just want him to play more consistent. I'm a little bit worried. I think he's the only guy in the field that this is his fifth straight week playing, which shouldn't be surprising Uh, for Sung Jay. But um, those are the two guys I sort of gravitated to um, in this initially in this range. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the M call at 34 to one. He, uh, he's a very aggressive player and on a golf course, like Tory Pines, if you find yourself in the wrong spot, yeah, you're going to, you're going to, that's how you end up making five bogeys on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this golf course, I don't know if it's a type of golf, you, you have that drivable par four. I don't know if this is a type of golf course where being aggressive is, can be rewarded. And if things are clicking, yeah, Sung JM, he makes a lot of birdies. He can get hot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, he, he, it's uh, Bermuda Greens. He won on Bermuda Greens at the, uh, the Honda. Yep. So, yeah, I think that uh, I like that. That's good. I like that at 30. Yeah, 34 is good, better than 24. And, yeah, Webb, back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to Paris English, so why, why am I – you know, Harris English and Webb were kind of like for a little while, people were like, Oh, Harris English kind of in that Webb yeah. Simpson like uh, uh vortex, yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why I kind of liked Harris English here, but yeah, he seems I mean, to have his 
Webb seems to have his places, right? He seems like he's gotten to this point in his career where um, he's the type of guy that circles his maybe five, six, seven spots on the calendar every year. Mm -hmm. And he knows he's going to go in there and top 10 and give it a run. Um, this I think is one of those places for him. You know, he's got his other places at the heritage and the Wyndham, um, that he always plays well at. So I think that, um, I just think he can go really well this week. And I think he's a little bit forgotten about now. I'd like to see that number bump up a little bit, but we'll yeah, see. I think that'll drift. On. I think that'll drift with the burger behind him and Rory ahead of him. I think, I think you might, he might get closer to 20. So the real juicy range in this range. My God, I could take four or five guys here. But in the 50s, I mean, you've got Palmer, Scheffler, Zalatoris, Fowler, Kepka, Wolf, uh, Watson. Mm -hmm. You know, see Woo's in there as well. Like these, I, I could take it. Like It's almost like just grab two of them out of a hat and, and let's see what happens this week. What do we do? You know, I'm a Brooks guy. Mm -hmm. he's drifted to 55 to one all right so here's you know what i was gonna ask you yeah. so last year you and i had brooks to win the masters and the chiefs mm -hmm. to win the super bowl at like that is correct That's what correct. if we take brooks to win the waste management and the chiefs to win the super bowl it's probably about 90 to one we could parlay them right now and have have ourselves quite a weekend if you think he's gonna win I don't think he's going to win. I don't. <laughs> That's the only problem. That's the only problem. I don't have a. What's the matter with him? He's just got Brooks. The, everything. I don't know, man. I mean, I haven't liked his number has been drifting ever since the start, you know, basically since he came back and people have been playing him. Uh, was it? He was coming back from the injury. I mean, he was competitive at the masters, right? I know he was competitive at the PGA. Right. I mean, he did miss the U.S. Open, so it, obviously it was it was legit. That the the whole narrative of Brooks at a major is still live. I still believe that. So I'm trying to figure out like what's important. What's the what's Brooks have his eye on next? Does he want to win Honda? Is that why he's like? I don't know why he's playing this event. I know why he played last week. I know why he played the week before. But yeah. I don't. I know he's won here, and maybe he likes it. But what is he – I always think he's prepping for something. Yeah. Now, he almost won the Honda a couple of years ago. Uh, Mitchell hit that putt. I know because I loved Brooks that week, and I thought I had it. Mm -hmm. And that's like his hometown event, so maybe yep. he wants to win that. But is he in Masters prep mode yet already? I mean, we're up. We're 60-something days think, out. To me, he, to me, his mode has – drastically shifted from a year ago from a year ago it was i'm gonna stack major championship trophies and these events are all just a tune-up now i feel like it has to be i gotta find something right it's like i'm not just prepping for augusta anymore like i gotta get my shit straight and he, he is coming back to a place where he got his first win so there's a little bit of a novelty there um, he always plays his best when he can ramp up a couple weeks. So it's his third consecutive week. Now he's missing cuts, so he ain't sticking around very long. But, you know, I heard it's interesting, obviously, with the swing coach thing. I don't think that's a good thing for him. He's missing shots left, so he's pulling everything, which is not his normal miss. Mm -hmm. so I think that's a little bit in his head. But I listened to Colt Nost, who was following around this week, and he said that, like, he was with Brooks earlier in the week and he's striping it. He's like, he looks great. He's confident. His team feels like if he can have a good putting week, he's going to be right there. And then, you know, the opening nine holes, I think he was three under on the South. So he was one back of Rory and then things just started spiraling for him. And he's not dealing with this. Well, mentally, um, you can tell he's frustrated by it. And I just don't know what to do, but I feel like his urgency, his sense of urgency in these so-called second tier events has, has leveled up some because he knows he's got to win and he's got to get something back or he, he, we've seen these guys lose it and just drop out of the top 60 in the world very quickly. So I hope oh, that's not the on. case. Okay. I don't think he's approaching Spieth and Ricky Fowler territory yet. I've heard you're not the first person that I've heard allude to that. Mm -hmm. let's calm down he just finished seventh at the masters an event he wanted <laughs> to win and he, nobody was beating dj that day anyway so i am 
I am I not putting Brooks and I I'm not burying Brooks just yet. It's just okay. like let's just wait until something important is happening. The only reason he played the Desert Classic was to get ready to play Tory. And yes. the only reason he wanted to play Tory is because he wanted to see it for when they go back in June. Right. It was it was just there were just scrimmages. And yeah, yeah. fine. He's hitting it to the left. He has a new swing coach. Yeah, okay. We're working things out. There's nothing matters until March. You know, let me see him perform at the Honda. Let me see what happens when he plays the match play. And if he's if he's, if he's a go and you can get Brooks in 20 or higher at Augusta, fucking hammer that. Mm-hmm. But let's just wait. I, there's no okay. urgency to lose your money just because he's 40 to one. He could be 200 to one. Doesn't change the fact that he's not going to win. Right. Now I say point. that. And if but who he are wins, these other guys in there though? Like, do you like a couple of these guys? I mean, there's, there's obviously the young crop, right? There's Scheffler. There's Zalatoris. Like, where are you at with mm-hmm. Will Zalatoris at 50 to one? Is he ready to, is he ready to break through here? Listen, I have this thing on my show where I talk about the guy in each range that everybody is picking. When I talk about, well, Nancy in accounting is going to be yeah, bad on Will Zalatoris this week. That's her one. And I mean, you can, it's only Monday and you can, you know, you're going to hear it on every podcast and he's going to be in everybody's article. And he was a darling, but Joe, let me tell you something. I'm old enough to remember when Scotty Scheffler was 35% owned two weeks ago yep. and he was the guy. And if you want to talk about a guy who dominated on the corn Ferry tour and was, has played well in a major and is due for a win and he's going to win on the PGA tour and everybody loves him. Yeah. You could say that's Will Zalatoris, but it's also Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. He dominated on the corn Ferry tour. He performed well in the majors. These guys are the same odds. They're the same price. And Will Zalatoris is going to be like 40% on and Scotty Scheffler is going to be like 5% on. Yeah. I have bet Scotty Scheffler. He's going to be my pick to win. I'm picking him in one and done. I've already bet him big at 50 to one. I, why not? I now he was terrible last week on Friday, but yeah, on Thursday on Friday only. Uh, yeah, I mean he got annihilated. It, that golf course is hard, and I mean, <laughs> Tory South is not an easy golf course. People should not lose sight of that. It that wasn't La Quinta. That mm-hmm. wasn't one of those birdie fest type golf courses. Now you come in here, you get, and he missed the cut here last year, Scotty Scheffler, but. Like I said, there were 200,000 200, fans there. Yeah. And it, he was a rookie. And that was his first time there. And now there's not going to be a lot of people around. It's going to be just like a, a regular golf tournament. And he's missed two cuts in a row. And I think this is a great spot for him. And I love Scotty Scheffler here, getting him on the as a, as a drop, knowing that he belongs a little bit higher. And he just he was two weeks yeah. ago. And now, right. everybody, now nobody's gonna be talking about. He was my you, pick. You heard it he here, was my guys. pick at the Amex. Yeah. So I like Scotty Scheffler a lot. If you, Nancy in accounting wants to play Will Zalatoris, by all means, good luck. He's a Bubba fine Watson. Do anything for you? I know that sometimes you're a you're a Bubba guy. Like when you when you can see it coming. He played well here last year. Did not play well at Tory last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he played last week at Tory, right? Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's had a good history here. Like if you. You know, I'm not huge. I like to look at stats, but I try to make my picks outside of that because you can find a stat to fit whatever narrative you want to hit. Um, Absolutely. But ball striking the last 24 rounds, number one in the field. T to green the last 24 rounds, number one in the field. Um, Birdies are better the last 24 rounds, sixth. Um, I mean, the guy's getting it done and I don't even, I don't even know where these finishes are coming from that they're pulling these stats from. Cause it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's playing that well, Yeah, he, uh, yeah. but right. you know, good history. I had, you know, top five last year seems to be a little bit forgotten about. Maybe people are sleeping on bubble a little bit. He's a 55 to one. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at his course history and this was kind of surprising to me, he does have a lot of top tens at this event. And I thought I, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I seem to remember that Bubba Watson once said, like, he doesn't really like that event, this event. He only comes because of his sponsors. And I think, I don't know if it was, I think it was this event. And then the next day he had to come out and issue an apology. Uh, But he plays there every year. 
And you know, everybody knows Bubba's kind of a head case, and that's why he never performs well on those quote U.S. Open tracks. So I didn't like him last week at Tory, but he does won there. So I listen. It, you're right. It, I don't know where those numbers are coming from because it doesn't seem <laughs> like Bubba's been in the mix at all in months. Uh, Fifty-five to one is not a terrible number. I think that he's going to be a fairly popular pick there because I don't think people trust are going to trust Wolf coming off with that WD. Yeah, Torres is going to take up a lot. I don't know how many Brooks people there are. I don't, I don't like Ricky's number at all. So yeah, I can okay. see I can see Bubba getting some traction. I don't love it. That's I don't I don't. You know, don't it's interesting it. that you say that because I do remember what you're talking about, where he said he doesn't like. You know, he's not here for the screaming, shirtless, um, you know, goofy, dressed up golf guys. Uh, on 16 there but then again like in my mind I remember like he's also the guy that when you're watching him seems to embrace it a little bit he's throwing hats in the stands and he's got his little Bubba Bubba gift bags and he's got head covers he's thrown to the people and he seems to embrace it and I can remember in other tournaments when the fans would get a little rowdy and that would fire him up a little bit what was it like the the travelers or the Canadian open or something where he was kind of chirping the fans in the rough so I think that he kind of feeds off that energy a little bit. So interesting that he, you know, kind of contradicted himself a little bit when he said that, but I just think it's an interesting look at 55 to one. Now going a little bit lower than that. um, You got somebody, I mean, there's good names down here in the 60 and 75 to ones. You got Gary Woodland who's won here, who showed some form, who seems to really enjoy this place and the environment. I saw he posted a picture back with, um, back with the girl that he was with two years ago. It was an awesome Amy. story. It made me yeah. smile just seeing that picture. So good for mm-hmm. Gary. Sam Burns, I think it's going to yeah, be very guy. popular here is 85 to one. Um, you know, you fast Bermuda green putting. He's ranked out number one for me. Russell Henley has been popular recently. He's still down here at 75 to one. Corey Connors, Jason Day, Max Homa. Uh, anybody stick out there to you? You see Max Homa put me in a body bag on Twitter last night? I didn't understand. What what, what happened? Explain it. Explain it. Because I read <laughs> oh, through man. the tweets I, and it didn't seem like it was like that big of a thing. No, it was. I made a mistake. I'm an idiot. It's okay. Sometimes you just, I didn't, I didn't see what he was, what he was doing. I didn't think it through. The way he, he said, he, the end of his tweet, he said, uh, according to Nick Faldo, uh, it's a, I'm going Homa for a week. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second. Wait, he's not playing Scottsdale? And I didn't think any further than that because I was watching the coverage and they put Max Homa up as one of his, as one of the three guys as far as, as they're part of their like fan duel graphic for mm-hmm. fantasy golf to look for next week of waste management. And I'm like, wait, he's not playing, but they put you in the graphic. And then he just responds to me, I live there. And I was like, oh, and then I went back and he, he made a joke okay. about, he made, he, he, he poked Patrick Reed a little bit with yeah. the, uh, uh, I, I forget the word he used, but he totally, so I, I, I was dead. It I, seemed I, playful I though. I read it. It like, seemed like. I knew seemed... you, I knew you were there. I knew you were playing. I missed the thing, home, home game and home, homa for a week and all this crap. And yeah, I just. He made me look dumb. But so apparently Max Home is good on Twitter. I don't know if yes. you heard that, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Know. He's pretty good. Yeah. No, it seemed all playful and fun. Like, it didn't seem like he was trying to body bag you. Like, he does. No, well, you know, people swing. He just pointed out, like, that I'm an idiot. And yeah. I knew I was an idiot. <laughs> and he, he got me. I, sometimes you, you hit that tweet button too fast. You all right. So anywhere 80 to 100 to 1. He's playing well. He's got good course history here. He's mm-hmm. coming in and his irons have been unbelievable. He was in it. Uh, what was that? The Amex two weeks ago in the final pairing and just had a really bad Sunday. Mm-hmm. Do anything for you there? Oh, yeah. No, I, I think Max Homa's in play. I kind of like Russell Henley a little bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned him. Same. 75 to 1. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Sam Burns. If if this is truly a bomber's track and, and he's the Bermuda, right? They call him Bermuda Burns. That's mm-hmm. your guy, right? Uh, I could see that. Yeah, there's definitely some some live plays down here you guys you want to throw a couple of darts uh, i don't know how i feel about Corey connors but yeah i don't like day at all days going through a swing change and trying to fix a, yeah he's a, a million he's a clubs disaster. in the bag yeah it's it's a disaster but with burns like and i've noticed this from him for a while is he's great he can make birdies 
He has all the tools, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have it there. To, his decision making, I question. I think that it it I don't know how much of that falls on the shoulder of the caddy. I think mm-hmm. our guy uh Norfolker here is uh coach cat. He's a caddy. Yeah, coach is a caddy, so he would know. But how do you the decision making is just terrible. Like he tries to take driver. He puts himself in positions, even on Sunday this week, he could have been right live in it, but he mm-hmm. follows up a birdie with a terrible decision and a bogey. Like I, I, I just want somebody to kind of get there and be like, look, club down. All you need is a four iron into the fairway uh-huh. here and stick your irons. And that bothers me about him a little bit, which, which comes down, you know, that's what guys do when they want to win. Yeah. It's a lot like Sungjae in that yes. regard of just the terms of just being super yeah. aggressive and no feeling that you gotta, you gotta keep making birdies. You gotta post numbers and sometimes it works. And sometimes you, you know, you get blown off the golf course. It's just Anybody the, in the, uh, the game long shots, any long shots for you. I know our guy, like you and me, like us a little bit of Russell Knox. He's down there at one twenty five to one. Luke list has been playing well. Um, I got two guys. Speeth is got, 150 to one. Oh, I saw that. Uh, you know, who but, do you got? You know, Tell I, me who you I got, got a guy down here. Where is he? Hold on. I got him. At 100, I think he's 150. Hold on. I'm going to double check. I'm sorry, Joe. Excuse no, me. No, you're fine. I like, um, where is he? Oh, no. Did he get, I like Adam Long. Where is he? Yeah, he's down there. I see him at 175 now. Once, okay. There he is. Yeah, yes. 175. I like Adam Long. He only, I think, I'm trying to remember my mindset from this morning when I when I put this bet in. But uh, he won the Desert Classic. He's won in the desert. That was yep. one thing that I thought of. Yep. Uh, he was playing great at the end of the year last year. He yes. was not great, I believe, at Sony. And I don't. I think that was the only event that he played. I don't know if he's played two events or not, Adam okay. Long. I don't know if he... Wait, I don't know if he played Sony in Desert Classic or he just played the Desert Classic, but all I know is that I kind of looked at that. I was like, maybe that was like a get the rust off. Let's get back into the swing of things type of deal. Mm-hmm. And he finished eighth year you know, last year or two years ago. And at 175 to one, I kind of like Adam Long. So I'm, I'm playing him. And I have a real like super bomb. Yeah. If you want, if you want me to scooch all the way down. Let's do it. Two-time winner, J.B. Holmes, is 400 to 1. Wow. That was worth five bucks for me. And this is his second event. He he played. People were talking him up a little bit last week at Torrey because that was a place that uh, he played well at. Mm -hmm. If you want to go, the bomber. Listen, he's won this event twice. Now, that was a million years ago. Yeah. I understand that. Him and Hideki are the only guys that are are able to be a a three-time winner here. Or join that join that uh, elite club, but man, he's four hundred to one. People were talking him up last week. That was his first event. Now he's got a couple of rounds in under his belt, and why not at four hundred to one? So I like JB Holmes. Four hundred to one. It's hard to really knock. You like you said, throw a dollar, throw five bucks on him. If it, yeah. if, he's, if he's up there on Sunday, it's great. Like it's good fun. I got a couple guys. Like I like um, I like Fratelli is 175 to one. I always like Fratelli though. Um, he can't, it was last week was the first time he played believe I pretty certain he made the cut and played decently well on the weekend. Cause I had to been some DraftKings lineups. Sebastian Munoz feels a little oh. bit out of place to me at 175 to one. I always like him and, and he had such a good fall swing and, and mm-hmm. it just seems like his talent level is priced a little bit low comparative to those guys. I see on the board sort of right around him. And I like some Marty Laird. I look, I was Desert Fox, <laughs> the Desert Fox, <laughs> Party Marty. Listen, I've had him. I've been on him a couple times. He's made me back some good money in the jock market this year because he's so cheap. And uh, as long as he makes the cut, he pays out. But I was close on him last week. He, I think, had a bogey on 18 or a par on a par five or something like that that kept him from from making the cut. Um, but going back to a place that he obviously loves, he was like, like two, three years ago was Mr. Waste Management Phoenix Open 175 to one, you know, you can get a decent top 10, top 20 number on him there. Um, and then I, gosh, I'm a little bit, I don't think I'm going to do it, but there's something about that 150 number in Spieth that feels like it could maybe be fun. 
No, no. Okay. I listen. I listen. <laughs> if you if you watch my show, you know I'm a big proponent of pick your own losers. Listen, I'm not going to tell anybody are. that they shouldn't play anyone. If you want to bet on money on Jordan Spieth, go ahead. Uh, I think that's, you know, a, a fool's errand. But I like Munoz a lot. I like that's a, think that's a great call. I could get behind a Marty Laird. Uh, you got Chez at 175 is not bad. Yep. Joel Damon at 175. You know, I know. He, Damon's he up might there be able too. to turn around and make some birdies. You know, if Max Holmes playing well, maybe Joel Damon plays well. Um, I know. But no, you think speed at 150 to one could be fun. Let's talk about that. Okay. So I just think it could be fun because you're not going to have to put a lot of money to get into it. I want, I'm, I'm at the point now with speed where I'm rooting for him and I wasn't here a year ago. Um, I, I feel like, so what I saw last week from him was the ability to, and I think, um, it may have been cold nosed again that talked about it was he kind of eliminated one of his misses. Um, so it was, he had gotten a little bit under control because that's the, that's like the enemy of these guys. When you're missing it left and the next hole, you miss it, right. You have no idea what to do. You have no idea where to set up. You have no idea what aim point to take. Yeah. And his approaches seemed very good to me. I thought, um, played, had a couple Eagles on those par five, stuck one to like two feet I just kind of want to root for him to get it back. I think this could be a fun spot for him where, you know, you're, you're rolling into the Super Bowl and you've got 150 to one ticket on speed. And, you know, he's in the top 10 coming down the stretch on Sunday. Maybe he can make things happen. I don't know. It's a, it's a rooting interest at this point for me because I want to see, I don't want to see him just completely crumble and go away and never come back. There's only a handful of guys in the sport that if they're, as golf fans, that if they're in the mix, that you'll root for them, even if you don't have a financial interest in the result. Mm-hmm. If Jordan Spieth is in the final rap, final group on a Sunday, after all these years, like go leading up to the Super Bowl, like hell yeah, and like I, all my tickets are dead or whatever. Hell yeah, I'm watching that, and I'm of course yeah, I'm going to be rooting for him. Uh, I don't need a 150 to one Jordan speed ticket for me to get into that um, yeah. at this point. Okay. And there's only a hand like Tiger's one of those guys. I'm going to watch that. And yeah, if speed got there. Yeah. That would be his story. I don't know how many other people that there are that I'd be watching if I didn't have a bet on the guy, but there's but, other guys like my rationale is we've seen plenty of guys who are struggling with their swing right now, who spent the last 365 days and can't figure shit out. Um, uh-huh. and they're, and they're not the same number. All right. When's the last time Matt Kuchar's played? Well, he's one twenty-five to one. When's the last time you really saw Ricky play that? Well, he's 55 to one. I mean, these are guys that I'm kind of like looping him in the same sort of category with now his struggles have been longer, um, and more pronounced because of the drastic fall from the top that he made, but there's plenty of guys out here struggling and they're just hanging triple the number on Fowler. And I, I rate them pretty equal. Like I know this is going back to a Ricky track, um, Mm -hmm. but he has no idea what he's doing with his swing right now. He's changing up putters. He's got these new blades in the bag. I don't know. I feel like we saw Jordan last week was able to potentially first event of the year, maybe shake a little bit of rust, maybe get back into the groove, but I'm confident that he spent the last month or so working. Um, and there's talking about swing coaches, but he wants to get this right. I love his competitiveness and his desire to sort of be good. And you can see that fire in him when he's in competition. I want him to do well, man. 150 to one. I'm taking a stand. Listen, I, I want all the same things you want, Joe. I do. And I said last week on the show that what I think Jordan speech should do is call up, uh, Brendan Todd and say, Hey, Brendan, who did you use to help you with your driver yips that you had? It's and you came back He and he came back and he's won a couple of times now on the PGA tour. And Brendan Todd is 150 to one this week. And yeah. so is Jordan speed. And Brendan Todd's won a couple of times. You're right. Uh, we just, we haven't seen it. I hope he gets it back, but I don't think if, and when he does get it back, that it's going to, going to automatically produce elite level golf. I think it's going to be, a process and I thought the same thing for Woodland coming back from an injury and mm-hmm. Molinari coming back 
and uh, Ricky Fowler and when these guys that were on an elite level and they they lose it when they when they get it back just wait till they get it back because they'll always be there once they're back mm-hmm. I'm just gonna wait I'm just gonna wait but in the meantime yeah I'd love for it to, I'd love to see it and by the way uh, while you were talking Harry yeah. Higgs is like 250 to one and that's worth a, that's worth a couple bucks you love Harry Higgs. Higgs, don't you? Yeah. Oh, who doesn't love Harry Higgs? He's a fun route for it too. Oh. Yeah, it's Come just, on, you know, back to the speed thing. There the the game is changing and that it's becoming there's so I feel like there's half the courses on tour where it's become a bomber's paradise, right? It's become mm-hmm. these guys who hit it 330. And we've seen it with Bryson and Brooks and DJ and Rory and these guys that just pound the ball. This I don't think is one of those courses. Um, so where you see players like Fowler and Spieth and guys who aren't hitting it 320 off the tee, they have a limited number of spots where they can compete anymore. Um, I don't think Spieth is that short, though. You know, like, I think that when Spieth was awesome, like his game was what Colin Morikawa's game is now, where he was just an elite iron player. He yeah. wasn't great off the green. Now, Speed was a lot better around the greens and a lot better putter than Morikawa is. Don't I was just talking about strictly iron play. Morikawa is one of the best iron players in the game right now. And when Speed was in his heyday, that was he was really good with that. And he didn't have to be long off the tee. Right. Um, so I'm not. I don't. I, I'm not at the point where I'm saying Speed is being uh, expiring because of the, the the technology of the game is passing him by. I don't think that's the case. I think it's mental. I think it's all in his head. And I think he's got, he can't keep the ball on the planet. He doesn't know if it's going left or it's going right. And he needs to get that fixed. So call Brendan Todd and say, Brendan, how did you get that fixed? Can I have that guy's number? You're, that's that's a great, do. that's a great comp. And we've seen guys come back from this driver. Kevin Nas, another one who had the complete driver yips um, mm-hmm. and couldn't fit, couldn't even pull the trigger. And now he's, he's winning at a once a year clip now, it seems so. Hopefully he can get it back. Listen, anybody else, anything else you want to touch on before we, uh, before we roll it, roll into this week, waste management. Uh, no, I, come on. I, 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 I threw a 600 or 401 out there. Two fifties, one fifties. We've hit the board. Folks. I haven't done a full, I have, listen, it's only Monday. We haven't gotten into a full, I don't know where I'm going at the top yet. It's hard. It's hard. Like, I can't bet Xander. I did already, I already bet Rom, but that's only to try to like, Put a, I'm trying to like reverse hex curse mush uh, those, this whole thing. So I'm, try, I'm doing everything I can. It's but. hard to do these things on Monday. And like what when yeah. I first started this with Chad, which we basically started when the tour resumed um, at Charles Schwab was the first show we did last year. And you, I like initially felt this sort of inherent pressure to, you know, we're, we're doing a show. I've got to have my card finished. I've got to have my picks. I've got to figure everything out on Mondays and it didn't work for me. So I've kind of like, you know, I like to talk through things on this show Mm -hmm. and kind of just made more to, to mention guys, but I like to sort of digest things. And I feel like the longer that I wait in terms of making picks and sometimes you'll miss out on a good number, but particularly with DraftKings as well. Like the longer you can wait into Wednesday to sort of finalize your thoughts. And I look a lot like I'm one of these guys. And I think you are too, that loves watching the player interviews on the course because golf is so unique in terms of other sports where there's like a competitive disadvantage in the Super Bowl to tell the other teams, your mindset and and leak things about your game. And most of these guys in golf, you know, it's you versus the course. There's no, disadvantage to being open and honest and in the majority of them with the exception of a few notably brooks who Mm -hmm. who tends to say anything in these interviews and you can't take what he says worth anything but most of these guys are pretty honest and they'll tell you if they're struggling they'll tell you if they feel good this week they'll tell you if they're dealing with an injury they'll you know they let you inside sort of their brain a little bit so i like to try to get a little bit from that just play with my gut as the week goes on you do for all of the people here. I don't know if you don't know, I don't know where you've been, but Nagels does an awesome show on Wednesday nights where he kind of dives through his DraftKings lineup, pretty much covers everyone in the field and a price and, and gives some hot takes on those. So that's where you can catch him. Um, you know, catch me and Chad here every Monday. Anything else to say before we get out of here, bud? No, listen, I appreciate you uh, calling me up and having me on tonight. Uh, we all love Chad. 
So let's, uh, again, happy birthday to his wife. Hope you had a nice time. It's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. And I hope I did okay. And good luck to everybody this week. And uh, let's go. That's it. That's it. Let's That's go. all I got. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Best of luck this week, guys. Chad, happy birthday to Sarah. Your birthday next week. We'll celebrate on the show. Catch us there. Uh, reminder, our sponsor, Jack Market, Power 50. If you want a free 50 bucks in your account to get started on the Super Bowl this week on your first deposit. Best of luck, everyone. See you later. Peace.